0: I-V-M. This is Storytellers and Storysellers live on tape. You're listening to Vineet Kanabar on the IVM Podcast Network. Today's episode is one for the audiophiles, but not just for the audiophiles. It's for anybody who's interested in finding out how Sound technology has really grown in the past few years or so. Joining me on the episode today is Ashim Mathur. Ashim heads marketing for Dolby at the APAC Mm -hmm. level and he's been with Dolby for over a decade in one of the most exciting times for entertainment. I'm so glad that uh, Ashim sir, you've made time to to talk to us on this episode today. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, thank you, Vineet. Really excited to be here. Uh, Thanks for inviting me.
0: Glad to have you. Um, For my listeners... I was put in touch with Ashim by Hardik. You must have heard Hardik talk about AR in one of the episodes that we've done a few months ago. If you haven't, go check out that episode. It's super fantastic episode about technology and AR and how that's making waves in India. But today is all about sound tech. Let me start this conversation off by a quick sense of how amazing Dolby is and how culturally important Dolby really is, right? The first film to be released in Dolby Sound was a clockwork orange uh, way back when, right? And Dolby's been around almost the first noise reduction technology ever made was Dolby. And over time, I mean, as entertainment has gone from in the theater to the cassette player, to CDs, to phones, et cetera, et cetera, Dolby's been sort of the constant companion and the the hero of providing a great sound experience, right? Ashim sir, let me get you started off by asking you about this, right? You've been with Dolby, like I said, mm-hmm. over a decade. Entertainment experience has really exploded in this time. Yeah. What has been the approach that, that Dolby has taken at a macro level, so to speak, right? What guides the philosophy... Yeah to how you're approaching this changing entertainment scenario.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right, Manit. I mean, there is a lot of changes which have happened I mean, the last decade. It's 10 years, but probably a lot more has happened in these 10 years than probably what happened in, in previous uh, decades. But, but I think at the core of it, uh, when you and when you talk of Dolby, I think there are a couple of things which are absolutely core to us and which actually guides us into our functioning and, and whatever else we do. The first is our promise to the content creators. I mean, our promise to the content creators, uh, the people who make films, movies, I mean, whatever, uh, music, uh, uh, gaming, whatever, uh, is that the experience for the consumers has to be uncompromised. Whatever the content mechanism is, wherever that person is watching that piece of work or whatever is the delivery mechanism, I think the our, the experience for the consumers have to be uncompromised. So that's kind of a promise that really guides us to kind of do what we do and really help us to be on the path to make experiences which are spectacular, experiences which are really uncompromised, experiences which are second to none, and really give the consumers the best of the experience. So that's the guiding principle, so to speak. And the other is how we operate, and that's very probably very unique to Dolby because if you look at uh, the journey of content, and we are in the journey of making content better, we are in the journey of content uh, making enhancing that experiences. So I think when you start, when you look at content and how it flows it starts from obviously content creation. So that's where we operate and that's where we work. We work very closely with Hollywood, with Bollywood, with film industry, with now the OTT industry and and whatever happens with music industry. And we make sure that we are really there, working with those technicians, the artists, uh, uh, the storytellers, uh, uh, and, and making sure that we enable them to tell their stories better because audio, or even now, uh, and I'll talk about it later in, the, in your show about vision, which is Dolby Vision, and, and how visually also we are now changing things. I mean, what is what is a piece of movie? It's audio and video, right? Right. And 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 that really enables to tell. Uh, the director of the of, of a movie to tell his or her story better. So we work very closely with that community and that really guides us during the path of this content flow. The next comes the distribution where how you get this content I and mean, there is a bunch of OTT services we are working with for example nowadays and right. how we work with them uh, we work we used to work or rather we still work a lot with the setup box companies and, and all the broadcasters and making sure that content the way it is delivered to the houses the setup boxes like you have a Tata Sky box, for example I mean, it has to be enabled with Dolby to give you that kind of experience uh, in your home so we work very closely with the middle chain which is uh, in this whole ecosystem which is the distribution and we make sure that uh, that chain and that, that bit is also enabled with Dolby and then finally we Work with the experience side, which is uh, the device side of, uh, of and also the consumer side of content consumption, because that's where it all comes to life. So we work very closely with all the OEMs uh, like LG, Sony, Samsung, Panasonic, whatever. I mean, all uh, also and across devices, whether it is television, soundbars, mobile phones, laptops, PCs, bunch of devices, millions and billions of devices, which which are being enabled with Dolby over the last say, many, many years. And we make sure that that experience when it is kind of experienced on these devices is really the best. It's really the enhanced possible experience. I think when you look at this flow of content creation to distribution to playback, I think that's very unique to Dolby. And actually this cuts across Different experiences, uh, genres, for example, in cinema, it applies there as well. If you talk of OTT or the living room, it applies exactly there. If you're talking of mobile services today uh, and expanding, I mean, it applies there. If you talk of gaming or music, I mean, there has to be content creation, distribution and playback. And that's where Dolby kind of plays a critical role with each partner in this whole ecosystem and making sure that chain is enabled and that experience is uncompromised at the consumer end. Wonderful. That sounds like i mean it rolls off the tongue when you say it right so it's a very simple
0: principle but my next yeah. question is is kind of i mean it's not that as easy as you said right it's it's, it's really yeah it's it's huge right i'm i'm going to set this put this into context before i ask you the question it's, there are millions of devices and not just millions of devices for consumption but millions of devices of production of creation as well right the way a yashraj films will make their magnum opus for theatrical is very different from how someone is making a web series for YouTube. It's very different from how someone is making, yeah. I don't know, maybe TikTok videos, right? This complexity is only growing and, and yeah. it's a boon for creators. It's a boon for consumers. But I'm sure it's very hard for a company like Dolby to keep track of everything and make sure that, hey, what we're here to provide is, is a great audio experience to enable creators to allow consumers to experience this in a wonderful manner. But the planning and execution of this must be a nightmare I and mean, let me just put this into context right it's gone from cassettes to theaters to streaming to mobile phones now you have variables yeah. it's it's insane how do you yeah. Then map consumer demand and plan the development and rollout of these technologies. What has been sort of the matrix in in the past few years for
1: you guys? So so first of all, I mean, the way you define so much of complexities, I mean, ultimately, our challenge is to make this simple. I mean, ultimately, the tools and the technologies and and whatever you provide to to the artists, ultimately, has to be made simple so that even the lowest denominator is able to use that. Even the lowest denominator is able to play back that. And of course, you can scale it up in terms of whatever else you can build up on that. So I think uh, what we do from our side, from a technology or purely from a backend perspective, we make sure that our tools and technologies and these assets are available to a wide bunch of studios or artists or technicians and, and directors and, and sound designers, colorists. And we do a lot of work with these guys in not just making them to know that these are the tools and, and the technologies which exist. But we work a lot at that stage to to really enrich their experiences, to make sure they're equipped to, to handle this. Right. Uh, we work a lot on the education part of it, training. So that's a never-ending process for us. I mean, as in when new technologies come up, we, we really spend a lot of time with our technicians and with our uh, content engineers to make sure that they work very closely with the industry to make sure this technology is imparted, this education is actually passed on in the right way. And then people start working on this. I mean, for example, just to give you an example, when we launched Dolby Atmos uh, in cinemas in India, maybe in 2012, uh, December, there was one movie, two movies here and there, maybe one in Mumbai, one in Chennai. I mean, that's how it, these things starts. One studio came up in Mumbai. But then when you really start getting momentum and screens start coming up when you really train a lot of technicians and when somebody really does a work in that technology. For example, when the first movie started coming, people get to know those technologies better. And when they do this next time, of course, there is uh, much improvement. And then it's a function of, uh, as you said, I mean, of course, there is a large mass of content which is getting produced. But ultimately, the people who are actually making them or mixing these titles, for example, from an audio perspective, are really trained and accustomed doing this uh, as a technology. And then it becomes, I mean, a part of uh, the whole whole jingbang of creating a big movie and audio post-production or even on the coloring side. So I think it's a part and parcel of knowing this technology, doing this multiple number of times and really doing it uh, the best way possible. And there are a bunch of uh, infrastructure things which we also work closely making sure the studios are equipped, the studios are enabled and the technicians who are working there are really uh, in the know to to use these tools in the right way possible. And ultimately it has to be simple. Ultimately, as I said in the beginning, you have to make sure that the story the content creator is trying to convey to the audience, that ultimately that is enhanced and, and that storytelling has to be improved. Otherwise, there is not a lot you can do with these, just these technologies. Ultimately, the audio, right. I mean, director, when, when he or she has this vision of creating, say, that scene uh, or whatever they're doing, I mean, audio plays a big role and when they can ev- envision this in Dolby Atmos, I mean, and when it re- gets replicated on the big screen, that's what our job is, to make sure this technology helps these storytellers to tell their stories in a better way.
0: I, I love it, absolutely. And and I think given the way advancements in sound technology have happened over the past few years, I think movie makers or content creators have also started treating sound differently. right? Like yeah, a movie yeah. like A Quiet Place or especially in horror is, is something that I've seen that sound treatments have gone I'll, through the roof. Right? In
1: fact, I'll give you an example. i closer home, say Bahubali. mean, um, when Bahubali right. uh, came up, the part one and part two audio was a, big, big, big uh, part and parcel of the overall experience. I mean, of course, it was grand, it was big, it was beautiful. But then audio played a massive role. I mean, when you uh, saw the, I don't know if you saw it, that in Dolby Atmos, but if you did, you felt that you were a part of that action. You were actually in those action sequences. I mean, you could actually see Absolutely. the other movie which I remember just offhand is Uri, for example. I mean, a couple of years right. Right, which released. I mean, they really use sound in such a fantastic way. You can actually see if you remember the opening scene when there is a bullet which goes on uh, right uh, on or from your right ear or left ear, whatever it It's the target. You can actually feel that you were there and something was happening just around you. So that's the immersion. That's the realistic experience this technology is able to bring. And that's how these content creators are able to use this technology to tell their stories better. I think that's the important point here that technology has to be, first of all, simplified and make sure that it is used in the right way to really enhance the experience or tell the story better to the consumers. I love it. I I will come to the product suite in a second. But
0: what's interesting to me is that And again, a very personal perspective in terms of what I've seen consumers of entertainment value in India, right? We we value stars, we value story to an extent, we value characters. But it feels like to me that the first time you step into uh, something that's done in Dolby, that's the first time you really value sound. Yeah. Is is that consistent with the feedback, or the consistent with the consumers, with what the consumer yeah. is saying when they experience this? What, what has been the consumer it, feedback? It's, it's a you?
1: it's a day and night difference uh, most of the times because, see, I mean we are used to watching entertainment the way it is. I mean, for example, during right. the time when we were watching standard definition TV, I mean, even though we spent the big money buying big TVs, whatever was available that time. But ultimately, your signal was standard definition. It cannot go beyond what it was uh, capable of. Right. And then when people suddenly saw HD, I mean, suddenly they said, oh, this was possible. This was available. We didn't know about it. And the same thing happens when you, believe me, the same thing happens when you watch a movie in a standard theater and compared to a Dolby Atmos theater or even in a living room. I mean, if you are watching uh, any show nowadays on OTT, which is, I mean, of course, coming in just out of your television. Mm-hmm. But if you connect a soundbar, which is equipped to handle, say, five one or Dolby Atmos, suddenly the whole thing changes. Suddenly your experience goes up few notches. And, and then you realize that what you were missing, I mean, it was always available. And, and this is what you were missing. I mean, we have had many case studies, for example, cricket or sports when people, when it came in 5-1 few years back. there right. was a huge difference. You suddenly felt that you don't need to go to a stadium. I mean, of course, you can stadium go. Anywhere, but, yeah? but you can really get that experience sitting on your home. And when you're watching, enjoying with family and friends and whatnot, I mean, you were really getting that realistic experience and where you can hear the spectators, the commentary and, and what else, uh, whatever else you, you need in that game. So that's how people really Get used to it. I mean, audio. You're right. At times, it is you can't touch and feel it. But right. initially, when we many years back, we used to do a lot of these exit interviews. People coming out of the Atmos screens, of course. Uh, and when you used to ask those questions, they you everybody consistently used to say, "Yeah, this was something different, something better." I mean, it, they were. I mean, articulation might have been difficult. That okay, what was better or what this? But but the best part was when we used to speak to our exhibitor partners they were getting repeat visitors. People were coming back to the same screen because the last experience was really good. And of course, the, the only thing which probably changed in that previous in the last experience was audio because it was a new screen or whatever. So those are the, I think, uh, subconscious things which comes to people's uh, attention when, when they're watching something in a better experience. And then they don't want to go back. They don't, like, nobody would like to go back to standard definition. Similarly, people will not like to watch an experience which is not in, say, any of these uh, new technologies. So, you're right. I mean, consistently we observe this uh, feature in consumers, whether it is in cinemas or living room or even mobile land base. Yeah.
0: Let me ask you this, Achim sir. We started talking about how the landscape of creation, landscape of consumption is completely changed, right? What I've also tracked is that Dolby now has a suite of products that service each of those markets, right? There's, there's Atmos, there's, uh, there's Vision, there's Surround Sound, there's also Dolby On, which is yeah. the app for yeah. creators, right? I'm going to start small, just assume i know nothing about about atmos right can can you explain to me like i'm a 5 year old what Dolby right. atmos is <laughs> sure
1: on, right. so let me let me start with even uh, let me take a couple of steps back in that so let me start with stereo mono sound which is one single channel sure. sound so for example sure. and and for the for the audiences, just imagine you are sitting in a cinema theater and the sound only comes from the screen now, that's the center channel. That's just just one track sound that was called mono sound. And then you split those sounds into two, which is right side or the left, which is stereo sound. I mean, generally people said it was stereo. But what is stereo is it's 2.1. or right. The one is the amplifier. So, uh, right channel and, and the left channel sound. Then came surround sound. I mean, that was a revolution in sound when surround sound came up uh, many, many, many years back. And which meant that, of course, you had the center channel, the right channel, the left channel. But you also had two back channels on the right side of the ear and on the left side. But sound came from behind. I mean, that was a big re- revelation because suddenly the sound was coming from five different directions. And actually, that stayed in in at least in cinemas for for a number of years. Right. But the challenge when we used to speak to the creators was that it, the sound was constrained. The sound had to come from those specific directions. Now, when you talk of human ears, I mean, our own ears, we can hear sound from any direction, right? I mean, the sound is coming from right. here, there. If you're in a jungle, I mean, whatever. I mean, sounds can come from wherever. And that prompted us to to get onto something called Dolby Atmos, which actually break broke the barriers of channels of sound. So the sound can be placed like an object anywhere in the 360 the universe around you. Right. And that gave the content creators a lot of freedom to use sound. If the sound had to if it was a rain sequence, previously the sound had was flat. I mean it, it can't come from the from the top. So now if it is a rain or a thunder or whatever or, or a helicopter or an airplane, I mean the sound can be placed right on top of your head. Right. And if you go to Atmos screen today, you'll actually see speakers on, on the roof which never existed say a few years back because uh, there was no need and there was no technology to kind of use that but now the sound is 360 it's immersive it's realistic and can be placed anywhere around so if it is a battle sequence like I was telling you about say Bahubali when right. I mean, you felt that you were there in the action sequence because it was so it was the sounds were immersive prune, yeah. and in a, such yeah. an immersive way that that you felt that you were a part of that so that's what Atmos does it is, it's all around you so if you're in a theatre the sound will actually fill up the room and flow all around you to giving you that 360 kind of immersive experience. And not just in theaters. I mean, if you if you are uh, talking of the living room today, all the global OTT services, there's tons of content which is available today in Dolby, Dolby Atmos. And, uh, and there are televisions which are now, of course, Dolby Atmos, but the better experience is if you connect a soundbar with your TV, which is at a fraction of a cost. And that gives you an amazing uh, kind of an experience uh, right in your living room and the best seat possible on your couch. And that gives that experience. i mean, taking it further. If you talk of smartphones today, I mean, a number of models, of all the big uh, OEMs today, like, uh, I mean, name the brand and all of them have uh, phones with Dolby Atmos. And if you have the right content, you can play, back, uh, play it back over a pair of pair of headphones or earbuds or whatever. And you can really get that immersive experience even on the small screen. So whether it is a cinema theater Television screen, even PCs, laptops, smartphones, all, are, all these devices are now today equipped to give you that immersive, realistic experience with Dolby Atmos. So that's how this sound has evolved over the last few years and, and moved from mono to stereo to 5.1, 7.1. What are those channel-based sounds and now Dolby Atmos. And, and that's giving the consumers the best uh, audio experience uh, wherever they are. That's actually
0: a fantastic explanation of, of Dolby Atmos. Thank you. Thank you for that. Let me ask you one quick question before we go into a break. Mm. Creating this and you touched upon this earlier as well, right? It's not like a sleight of hand thing. It I takes know. planning and effort and training. And from the creator's side, it takes increased investment. From the distributor side or the theatrical side, or it takes... Okay, increase investment, planning, setting it up. Even for when you said the OEM manufacturers or TV guys, uh, while plug-and-play uh, drivers like a soundbar, etc., could be possible to do, um, if you're going to make Dolby native to to your experience in that sense or experience delivery in that sense, takes a lot of planning, right? Um, how I mean, what's what's the what's the pitch like, or what's the process like, getting these guys to to get on board? Uh, I'd love to know how that how that really works. If you can talk to us about specifically about creators and about technology companies, maybe what's the pitch and the yeah. process like uh for these guys?
1: Yeah, I think first the starting point is of course getting this technology out. I mean getting to make sure that we do a number of live demos or or talking about technology in various forums, symposiums, making reaching making sure that we reach out to the right people who are ultimately going to use it. And a lot of these times, it's a chicken and egg. I mean, for example, linking it back to a real example, like when Atmos was launched, when you go to a content creator, they would ask, where are the screens? I mean, even if we invest, even if we do all this, even if we do all the hard work, we, we get to know the technology, we have the right tools, but mm-hmm. where will it play back? Okay, fine. Right. But when you go to a screen, they will say, okay, fine. You are asking us to invest. We'll invest. We'll do this. We'll upgrade the speakers, amplifiers, whatever else. But where's the content? So it's a lot of these times, it's a function of chicken and egg. And there is no right answer or a wrong answer in this. You have to just try uh, both sides and, and slowly you have to build the confidence and the trust that yes, this technology is there to stay. And ultimately, it boils down to the consumers. I mean, finally, okay, you have one screen or two screens, maybe one title, two titles. I mean, slowly you start building this whole piece up. And then when consumers find value, when theaters, when exhibitors see repeat visitors, when people are coming back, I mean, ticket pricing is not a prerogative. I mean, few people increase prices, few people keep the same pricing, but if they have more occupancy, it's too good for them. Right. So I think ultimately, the business of technology comes in there. And when they see the ROI is uh, coming up, people are not, say, afraid to invest or, or or do more. I mean, that's how we have gone from zero screens, uh, maybe seven, eight years back to close to 750 screens today. Uh, and multiple cities, small, big, A-town, B-town, c towns whatever you call them. So, I think it's, so that's how these technologies start. So another example, if you uh, say see uh, the television industry, I mean, if you take TVs, for right. example, TV screens, uh, 30 years, 40 years back, it was black and white. TVs moved to, okay, uh, CRT TVs with color TVs and then came uh, the plasma TVs, the LED, the LCD, 3D, uh, OLEDs. Now, there's so many screens. But if you actually see... 4K, oh, 8K, now 12K. Uh, there's no limit nowadays. But if you actually see yeah. from a content perspective, I mean, even if people had a lot of, uh, say, LCD or LED or whatever they called, HD Ready or Plasma, there was no content. I mean, there, there was hardly any content unless you buy a DVD or a Blu-ray or whatever. There was hardly any linear content which was there. If you look at today, there, I mean, 3D, for example. 3D screens came up, mm-hmm. there wasn't any content and, and somehow that never never worked. Yeah. But if you look at last two, three years when when new screens, the OLED screens came with Dolby Vision and Dolby Atmos, there was more or less in parallel content availability through OTT. And that really opened these doors because there was people were buying these screens, there was content readily available and the experience was kind of absolutely there for people to to watch and see. Right. And that that really changed a lot of dynamics How content creation and content say, availability rather make sure that more and more screens uh, came up and, and it was good for the, it was a relatively easier decision for the OEMs to, to make sure that they get more screens and more products and more devices, more screen sizes with, with these technologies because there was content available. I mean, if they go to market with this technology, there is ready-made content available. This was not the case many years back when when they had right. the screens, but there was no content. So I think different examples, but but I think both. If you look at both the the chicken and egg on cinema and, and the current scenarios of of say uh, content availability on the screens, I think ultimately these things have to finally land together. I mean, which is right. what we what we try to do and make sure. Ultimately, the content, the experience for the consumers is enhanced because none of these people will, will get this technology on their devices or, or screens or whatever unless and it is making some sense to the end consumer. And that's where I think we have been reasonably successful. People have really seen the A and B difference or pre and post difference and made sure that they make the right choice of going with either the televisions or sound bus or, or home theaters or even going to the right screen. And that's where kind of these technologies have, have really caught on and people don't want to go back, as I was saying earlier.
0: Right, right. Let me ask you a very quick question before we actually take this break. Is there an economic argument to say that, hey, if you use this technology, there is a possibility for you to make 20% more or... Is, is, has that, is that kind of data crunching or maths been, been in place?
1: So that's, I mean, whether it is ticket pricing or the pricing of our device, it's not our p- prerogative. It's I mean, right. our, our, sure. our thing is to get the best technology. I mean, few people see, I mean, and it's up to the partner to get their pricing the way they want. I mean, few might have strategies to give more value for money within the same price, which is their strategy. Few might increase prices, but we don't come in there. I mean, it's it's ultimately sure. their call and their decision. And that's how they take the product to the market.
0: Got it. Fantastic. Brilliant conversation with uh, with Ashwin Mathur here on storytellers and storytellers. We're going to be back right after these messages. Back with Ashwin Mathur on storytellers and storytellers. We're talking about Dolby Audio and how Dolby is creating a richer sound experience across devices. Uh, Before the break, we talked about um, Atmos and theatres and the value chain. I want to ask you about... Dolby Vision now, I think by my research, that's a new space for, for Dolby to get in, right? There is another player with a four-letter name that has been in this space I'm talking about, IMAX for people who don't know, who's been sort of the dominant player in the visual side of things, right? Uh, but with Dolby Vision now, Dolby seems to be getting into that space. What's the vision for Dolby Vision? Yeah,
1: I mean, you're right about this. Uh, when people think of Dolby, they all think of audio. Right. I mean, that's our legacy. That's a rich legacy which we have carried over the last so many decades. But you're right. We came into Dolby Vision because, because we felt that the, it's an audio-video experience. And okay, we were really enhancing and enriching the audio side of it. But there is still the 50% lift, which is the visual side of it. And as our most of our technologies, even Dolby Vision originated from cinema. We have a format of cinema called Dolby Cinemas, but unfortunately not in India right now. I uh, hope it comes there soon, but we have Dolby Cinemas where the, both these technologies complement each other, Dolby Vision on the visual side and Dolby Atmos, of course, on the audio side and in a format, in a cinematic format called Dolby Cinema. And that's how this started. That's how it started in US and in multiple countries now across the world. Uh, but, from our perspective, from an India perspective, I think it rolled very soon onto the living room screens. Right. And that's where the big difference is. I mean, if you go and look out for a television at retail, I would say most of the screens now are with with Dolby Vision. And the reason are are twofold. One, of course, it's a new technology and just to give you a a small perspective of it, it is, I mean, your brightness is amazing. Your contrast ratios are are absolutely out of fact. There are, Tons of colors, which which were never, I mean, which our, our eyes never saw on the screens, on any television screens, which are which are now possible on, on Dolby Vision. So I think, yeah, the sharpness and the refined details which you actually see on the screens are absolutely mind blowing. So if you are watching any content in Dolby Vision, and if you compare it to something else, uh, I mean, it's a it's a huge difference. And as I what I was saying earlier, I mean, in terms of content, if you have any of these global OTT services. And and you connect, I mean, if you have the right subscription, you'll actually see Dolby Atmos and Dolby Vision logos popping up there. And that gives the consumer the kind of a signal that, yes, this content is available. And there are multiple hours of uh, content now available in different genres. So I think content availability, right content availability, multiple hours giving consumers the right choice, and then the price points of devices which are now available. I mean, from 16, 18,000 to whatever screen size you're trying to buy. I mean, those that's the big price bandwidth where these uh, features are, uh, these technologies are available. So I think, and the best part is when Dolby Vision and Dolby Atmos come together in a single form factor. So there are a lot of TVs now which are available with these two technologies together. And that creates a powerhouse of entertainment because that's the best visual right. and audio technology you can get in. And then to complement that, I come back to my core thing, which is content. Ultimately, the differentiation happens out of content, of and, and, and that is available. And that's you can have multiple hours of content, as I was saying. So, I think it's a mix of all these factors uh, which come together, and ultimately, consumers are making the right uh, purchases. And the numbers which you're seeing of these devices growing up quarter on quarter, year on year, is, is just absolutely amazing. That's awesome. I mean,
0: I've experienced Dolby Vision a couple of times as well. World of difference in even when you see a retina display here on on a Mac versus what you're seeing there. A world of difference in what comes through for sure. Let me ask you about Dolby On, actually, the the app. The way I understand it, I've not used the app, so I'd I'd love for you to again explain to me like I'm a five-year-old. What's the vision? I think to me, it seems like it's an effort to diversify the offering for even more, even smaller creators, right? People who are creating either at their home or on their phone yeah. and stuff like that right but how's that been what's the what's the yeah. thought process behind that
1: oh no, you're right i think if you if you talk of uh, casual recordings all of us are are, are directors and musicians in, in our own right i mean and we use right. just one device which is which is a smartphone or a tablet or whatever predominantly a smartphone right and we thought that i think we should have a simple thing for people to use at their convenience and with their uh, capabilities but at the same time make sure that whatever they are capturing or, or recording or even uh, putting it on social media is really the best possible, whatever is the uh, say uh, limits of the device and, and the technology, and that's how kind of Dolby On came up, and I think it came at a time when we were getting into a lockdown, so a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was not planned like that, but unfortunately, or whichever way it, it happened like that. And we saw a lot of artists, a lot of musicians started using that app because when you actually record, the capability of the app is it will clear a lot of unwanted. Like, for example, we are having this discussion today. If it wasn't all beyond, right. maybe it will eliminate all my background noises which are coming, maybe the fan or, or something else. So it, it will really bring your dialogue or the music or the real piece Really, really well. It'll, if I'm going to
0: talk to my producers to to start using that right
1: <laughs> now. <laughs> no. <laughs> and so, so I think, and the best part is when you record in in Dolby on. Of course, that that is amazing quality, and then you can connect it to your social media. And, and there were live uh, streaming events which are happening, and which we realized, and an artist who obviously couldn't perform. Uh, live for uh, as we were in lockdown and uh, really started doing these uh, online events. So I think that was that was really cool. And a lot of, uh, say, content actually originated on Dolby on uh, from them. So I think, yeah, it's a tool for people to use, record their whatever uh, music or or even other sequences and, and re- in the best possible way and in a simple, convenient way and then pass it on to their loved ones uh, when they connect it on to the, any, any social media.
0: Right, I want to ask you as we bring this around to a close. I want to ask you about Dolby's plans for India specifically. Right, it's a, again yeah. a massive market. Yeah. The entire world is looking at India as the next entertainment driver. Right, whether it's audio streaming apps, whether it's video streaming apps, whether it's technology companies. Um, where are you in Dolby's? plans for India, what does the next three to five years look like? Um, what's exciting you about it? And and where does it go
1: from here? Oh, of course, India is, uh, as you rightly mentioned, for all the right reasons, uh, it was always one of the important say, countries for us in the global landscape uh, for Dolby. It's even getting even more important because, I mean, if you look at the device story and the device growth, especially if you look at India as a, is, is a mobile first country, as, as we all know. Right. I mean, the number of right. devices which are being shipped, especially smartphones and even televisions, I mean, the we are upgrading our, our screens. I think that's a huge opportunity for Dolby to make sure that the content, uh, say, playback side and the experience side of the consumers is really enhanced in the best way possible. And that's a that presents us a massive opportunity. At the same time, if you have to really make that business strong and big and even more deeper, we need to make sure and work more strongly with the content creation, and that's one Great. of the another big area which we focus in India, and make sure that we work uh, day in and day out with content creators, with with OTT services, with uh, even broadcasters, and and make sure even of course and cinema creators to make sure that the content which is enabled and created is actually in our formats. A few new things which recently started from our side, as far well as India is concerned, is on music. I mean, uh, of course, movies and and all of these shows were in Atmos, but. Music, Uh, we have just started uh, Dolby Atmos Music and and there are a few services which are available. There's a lot of action which is happening. A lot of artists are now creating their songs in Dolby Atmos Music. So I think that's going to be another big focus area for us uh, as we move forward uh, and bringing more enhanced experiences for the consumers. Another important area which is I would say small but starting is something what we're doing right now is actually podcasts. Right. So uh, we are getting a number of podcasts in in Dolby Atmos uh, and making sure that we build up this business as podcasts really become relevant and important for masses and consumers and how we really enhance more value even if it might be a dialogue or or whatever else but we make sure that even podcasts uh, we have one service right now which is in Dolby Atmos in India. So these are the new things which are now coming up and, and we are really excited the, uh, from the initial response and, and the feedback which we've got both on the uh, industry side as well as on the consumer side and we feel there's huge amount of scope still to for us to grow in all these technologies both on the content creation side and then of course on the experience and the playback side so you're right I mean we are absolutely excited with the opportunity which is India and, and we make sure that we bring more and more enhanced experiences for the consumers. Wonderful. To
0: round this off, I want to ask you a little bit about your story and your personal journey and some notes for my listeners from it, right? It's such a complex ecosystem that, that we work in. Like yeah. while, while we work in entertainment, entertainment is now also technology, it's also yeah. distribution, it's also so much. Right? How do you stay on top of all of these developments? And what are your sort of personal mantras to navigate this thing and simplify it like we were talking about, right? Yeah. If I were to ask you three things that Rashin Mathur has as principles to simplify a complex entertainment ecosystem.
1: I think, I don't know. Uh, I think first thing which comes to my mind and, and not just me, I mean, this is something which we keep doing is, is to learn. I think keep on learning and learning fast and making sure that we adapt, we change and with the right agility and, and what is required from the market. Because, ultimately all answers lie in the marketplace and we have to really be close to our partners, to our market, to the consumers to make sure that we are getting the right feedback in the right time. We are learning in real speed and really making those right changes to make sure that we present ourselves better and, and what is actually expected. So I think just be close to uh, to the partners because that's our business model. We have to work very closely with our partners. So I think that's that's very important and, and that's what we try to do. Another important is is to make sure that we understand the consumers, the right feedback which we get and, and make sure that whatever time it takes, we come back with the right solution. So I think those are a few basics which probably apply to every any business, I would say. But I think that's important for us to be really connected with our ecosystem, with our partners, with the right trends and, and how things are shaping up and what we can improve, and enhance. And finally, present to the consumers. I think ultimately, they will decide what's right and what's good and what's not good. So I think that's what we try to do. Uh, we do have a lot of challenges like every business. I mean, there is uh, always a challenge, especially audio that it's taken for granted. Right. That uh, when you buy a TV, audio ho guy, I mean, when you <laughs> switch on. So yes, there are a lot of challenges of awareness, uh, people not knowing how to get this experience. Uh, so... Those are the challenges which we deal uh, absolutely on a day-to-day basis. And we make sure that we try to impart awareness and education to our consumers, to our partners, to make sure that, yes, this experience is available and this is how you get it in your homes or or wherever you are. So I think those are the things which we try to grapple on a day-to-day basis and, and try to improve and learn and come back in the right way.
0: Fantastic. My last question to you. You mentioned challenges, so I'll start with challenges. But I want you to tell us what has been the biggest challenge in the last three to five years and what has been the biggest win for for Dolby in the last three to five years. Oh,
1: that's a tough one. So I think let me start with the easier one, the the wins because uh, those are <laughs> always a the top of it. I think I think first of all the rollout of cinemas and and how Atmos has been really uh, say embraced by both consumers. Uh, our how partners, many cinemas?
0: How many cinemas? So close to
1: 750, have... 750, uh odd theaters. Right. And uh, more importantly, around eight hundred titles in multiple languages in Hindi, Tamil, Telugu, right. Malayalam, and so and every. I mean, of course, there are no new releases nowadays, but. Uh, then they were I mean every week there were multiple releases coming up so I think that's that's a really satisfying thing to launch something in a market and really make it uh, relevant uh, and important for, for the entire industry as well as for the consumers. At the same time I think bringing a lot of good experiences on the linear broadcast side which were television channels I mean now today we have 75 80 percent attached of all HD channels are broadcasted in 5.1 surround sound so I think that's amazing right uh, and different genres sports movies whatever else. And then, of course, working very closely with our partners on the device side and also on the content side from an OTT perspective. I think that's been one of our really big focus area over the last few years. I mean, there's still a lot to do and grow, but I think that's been a, a big win for us from really bringing these experiences in the living room and, of course, on the mobile side. Sure. So I think those being... The good things, uh, and I would say the challenges is, is to get these things up and running. <laughs> I think right. that's that's it's not easy. I mean, the way I explained, uh, it takes a lot of effort. Uh, for, I mean, we have a bunch of our uh, technical teams, our engineering teams, content guys. Uh, and, and there's a lot of work which which uh, each one of them does and to make sure that they are connected with these uh, stakeholders in the industry and and we keep on going back to them and, and, and really telling them that yes, this is what will enhance the consumer experience as well as their experience while they create the content. So I think, yeah, I think those have been uh, the challenges which we try to overcome and make sure that we bring the spectacular experiences for the consumers. Wonderful. All the
0: best to you on continuing to do this. I think, uh, it's been eye-opening for me. I'm going to now pester uh, my producer and be like, why is, why is my podcast not in Dolby now? So I'm going to start on that very soon. Great. Thank you so much, asim sir, for joining us today. It was a wonderful you. conversation and um, all the best once again for the amazing stuff you guys are doing. Nice. Yet, Thanks, Vineet. I really
1: enjoyed it. didn't seem that we spent about 40-odd 40, 40 minutes on, the, on this conversation. but It was it was great. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for, for, for joining us today. That's it from me on this episode of Storytellers and Storytellers. This is Vineet Kanabar saying goodbye.